establish us in the perfect will of God. Amen. I pray for everyone who are joining online and those who are joining from all around the world that you will empower us with your word Amen. in new dimension. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shout it out. Amen. Amen. Can you, are you ready for some heart-shaking moments? I believe um, you have someone not seen for some time. I believe you have someone um, that is there in church. We should not just be doing handshake, but what should we do mostly? A heart shaking. All right. So genuinely walk up to someone and uh, care for someone and say, hey, you're looking godly. You are looking beautiful. You're looking like an angel. You're lo- I've, I've not seen you. Uh, may I know you? I've not had time to shake your hands before. All right. I've not had time. If the person is not smiling when you are talking to the person, say, please, I, I don't want me to see your smile. At least give me your smile. And those of you who are joining online, we welcome you to church this morning. Okay, we welcome you to church this morning. And um, it's going to be a great time together. We love you. So you have another one minute to really talk to someone. You have another one minute to talk to someone. You have one minute more to make it count. Make it count. Make it count. Media team, sound team, anytime our checking moment is going on, always give us a background music. Take note of that, please. Let there always be a background music so that people can make good... Don't sit down because you have 30 seconds more to go to talk to someone. So if you are tired of talking to that person, then you need somebody else to talk to for another 30 seconds. You need another person to talk to for at least 30 seconds. So the next time we are having art checking, let there be very good, cool music so that we can actually... You still have 15 seconds to go. So I don't know why you are so quick. Don't do hand shaking. Do heart shaking. It's heart shaking. It's an heart shaking moment. It's an heart shaking moment. Heart to heart talk. Right. Amen. Wow, you may now please be seated. Okay. So our checking moments are always very dear to our heart as a church because it's a time you genuinely interact with the person sitting by your side or genuinely, you know, the person you've not seen for a long time. You know, it's always good to just make friends. And, you know, when the service ends, what I've just started, Church starts when the service ends. So make sure that your heart checking moment continues after the service ends because it's always an interesting moment for us to interact with one another. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. Today I will be continuing on the subject of building lasting relationship part two. Building lasting relationships part two. All right. Building lasting relationship part two. Now, for those of you who missed the part one last week, I will advise you to try and get the message. But one of the things that 
this is all about is that in this age and time, people do not know how to keep relationship for long. It is said that Nigerian women are one of the, in fact, perhaps they are ranking as number one in the, in the um, um, Durex survey of the most unfaithful women in the world. In other words, it is unfortunate that they are not ranking our women as the most successful anymore, as the most, uh, as the most elegant, as the most faithful. But right, that, right, right now, Nigerian women are ranked as number one in terms of marital unfaithfulness in the world. It's an unfortunate ranking. The question is that how did we get to that point that we are ranking, our women are ranking as the number one. In fact, they overtook the men. They overtook the men. And also, you realize that um, nowadays, people don't keep jobs for a long time, all right? Uh, people don't keep jobs. There are people now that they keep a job for one month and um, they walk away from the job. They keep job for one year, they walk away from the job, you know? Relationships don't last anymore. Rate of betrayals are uh, so high now. You see people who can say, oh, I was in this church last year, but you know something happened, I'm now in this church, and something happens in this church, now they move to another church. Something happened in this church, they move to another church, all right? Or you have people who belong to groups in church, maybe um, ushering uh, media, and something happens, and you know, you say, no, I'm not doing anymore, you know. Um, or you have brothers who are not even in good terms for a long time, and um, um, it's amazing. Um, the case of um, Deborah Yakubu is a good one, the lady that was killed during, um, this, past, this past week. For someone looked at her and said, oh, because what you said, I don't agree with it. Take back your word. She didn't take back the word, and they dragged her to the open um, space, beat her to a pop. And, um, you know, the amazing part of the tragedy was the fact that Achilles were even showed the matches to the camera before they set her ablaze. You know, they, I, I, I don't, guys, I don't know if you still have the image that I showed during the Rise to Glory. You will see the face of the guy bringing the matches and, uh, and to the front of the camera. And the girl was lying there unconscious, all right, in the pool of her own blood. Somebody's daughter, um, um, somebody's to-be wife, somebody's sister, all right, somebody's cousin. And um, you can see, you can see the guy on the screen right now. Even showing that, uh, and the, the lady was behind and said, I'm going to set her ablaze with joy. These are your fellow Nigerians. Your, your, the, the fellow human beings like you, you know. But the hatred took over them because they have a prophet that cannot defend himself. Since when did God become so big that, you know, God, God, we can, God cannot rise to defend himself anymore. That he needs us to actually defend him. All right, and um, you could do this. And the worst part of it was even not what they have done, but the people who also are supposed to be um, godly leaders, exemplary leaders, who came out to um, um, commend them for this barbaric act they did. Someone even came out to say that, oh, yes, because of they blasphemed something, something, something. Like, but do you know the, uh, the, the sad part? Most of these people, their children do worse than this, but they never allow anybody to set their own child ablaze. You, um, when our president's son was getting married, the same people that say they are practicing Sharia or whatever they call it, for instance, uh, you could see how our president's um, um, 
daughter-in-law dressed on her wedding day, you know, um, exposing what they are arresting and chopping and imprisoning people in their own state, you know, and somebody came and said, so, so now that means there are two laws, all right, because if this was to be another person, you will condemn her, you will say anything, but because now she's a daughter-in-law to the president, she has dressed the same way that you are condemning, and you know, she's above the law, hypocrisy of the highest order. But how did we get to this point? Because the fundamental thing that makes us human beings is being taken for granted. So in this series, we need to remind ourselves what makes us human being. We need to remind ourselves how should we live as human beings, as children of God. If truly we are children of God, our, our life, our characteristics should always display the image of God. People should look at us and re remind ourselves that, yes, these are the people that God created. Anyone that does this kind of barbaric act is, is not worth calling a human being because God wouldn't do this to us because we've made worse mistakes with God. A lot of us have done much more than this, and today he still shines the sun on us. We're still breathing his air. If God were to judge all of us like this, nobody would be alive today. That's what we should remind ourselves of. If God was this harsh to us, if God was this unreasonable to us, if God was this wicked to us, I'm telling you, within a day, the whole earth will have been wiped out. But he still shines his sun on us. There are people today who say there is no God, but God still rains his rain, sends his rain upon them. There are people who say that God is a wood. God still sends rain on them. God is merciful. God is loving. And if truly you are a child of God, we should see that attribute of God in your life. When we don't see the attribute of God in your life, we doubt that you really know the God you are serving. Is somebody with me this morning? So building relationship that lasts is to remind us who we are and how we should live. So Mark chapter 12 verse 30. I will start from reading Mark chapter 12 by 30, verse 30. Alright? Because this is the ultimate commandment. Jesus said everything we do should be run dead up like this. Mark 12, 30, I will be reading from the KJV. All right, I just love KJV. You say, and thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this. Now, he has told us the upward love. Now he's telling us the vertical love. All right. Or which one is vertical? Vertical is straight line, right? Okay, good. Because I'm talking to professors, so I need to be very sure. Okay, so the second um, the, of the commandment, can we read that part together? One to go. Verse 31, one to go. Can we read it one more time? Can we still read it one more time, please? Mm -hmm. Then verse 32. Verse 32. Mm 
Wow. All right. Now, I want to follow me to the book of... Um, before we go there. So, you can see that the ultimate thing is what? To walk in love, right? So, no relationship can last where there is no love. No relationship can lie. In fact, the foundation of every relationship is what? Love. The Bible said love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. And in fact, the Bible also says that love suffers long. Love suffers long. In other words, it's not that you are not going to be suffering. It's not, that you are, it's not that you are not going to go through. You know, it's amazing that when we want to love, we don't prepare for suffering love in, long in love. We want a love that does not suffer at all. How many of you are that that's the kind of love we want? A love that does not suffer gentle love love that is happy from january to december well unfortunately such a love does not exist in the bible so yeah that's the truth such a love don't exist the love that will not be tempted the love that will not go through hard time the love that will not be persecuted the love that will not go through suffering you can check throughout the bible there is no love like that so the next time you see that guy who say, you are my African girl, you are my African queen, you are my African this. You know, it's a matter of time, African queen will turn to African enemy one day. And when that happens, we used to say, you are my African queen. I think the guy has stopped singing that song right now. Because he, has, he now has more than one African queen. He, I think he has about three or four or five African queens now. So he has Nigerian queen. He has American queen. He has six. Wow! Because you see, the first African queen he sang most, was an amazing queen. But I'm sure that during the course of that African queen relationship, she un-Africanized her queen. I said, no, I have to look for another African queen. Go to the second African queen. Maybe he would have said, you are my, uh, you know, you are my Nigerian queen. Now, maybe because he felt that Africa was too big. So he would have said, you are my Nigerian queen. And that one too will have one day as the queenish girl begins to go on. Oh, there is queen in church. I need to be very careful. So that she will not think I'm actually addressing her by star, you know. But, 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 but I, I'm sure she will not be offended that we are using queen today. Because some people are already offended that I'm using queen. And they are not laughing. I'm not mentioning anybody on this side, but I'm just saying that I don't know who is that because I'm using queen. But you know, because people can easily be offended by any small thing. <laughs> All right. But you know, he made the second African queen and the same thing would have happened. Moved to the third African queen. The same thing must have happened. Moved to the fourth. Now the guy stops singing about any queen in the world. Because you realize that there are things that makes relationship to last. And if you don't understand them, you will not have one African queen. You have many African. So they will turn to intercontinental queen. Hallelujah. Now, what is it that can make love last? What is it that love must be founded upon? It is called faithfulness. Faithfulness. Love do not last where faithfulness does not exist. Love do not last where faithfulness does not exist. 
For any love to last, you must know that it's not that that love will not be offended, that love will not be persecuted, that love will not go through trying time, go through hard time. But love must always be founded on the foundation of faithfulness if that love must last. What does it mean to be faithful? To be faithful means to be trustworthy. To be faithful means to be loyal. To be faithful means to be dependable. And to be faithful means to be constant. I love those words. Faithfulness means to be trustworthy. It means to be loyal. It means to be dependable. It means to be constant. In other words, the you that we see today is the you we are going to see tomorrow. When the weather changes, when the atmosphere changes, you are still constant. So, but, you know, when you are a faithful person, you know, we, when you swear to a covenant, even if it hurts you, you keep to it. That is what faithfulness means. So, but I would like to stay with the word loyal here. So, to be faithful means to be a loyal person. To be loyal, to fight to be loyal. Loyalty, the Bible says, is the principal qualification for every believer, First Corinthians chapter four, verse two, and the Bible says in John chapter one, verse seventeen, NLT: "For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness, God's unfailing love and what faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. So He did not just love us; He had a faithful love. He had a faithful love." There are people who love genuinely, but when the trial comes, when the temptation comes, when the man is not the same man you married anymore, when he's changing, when he's not loving, when he's not giving you what you want, there comes an alternative or a substitute, then you just go for him. You just go for the man. You just, you, and if they are asked, you would have genuine excuse. He doesn't care for me anymore. He doesn't love me anymore. I'm not saying that you stay in an abusive relationship. You see, the only, one of the major things I frown at in relationship when the relationship becomes abusive is beating you, is hammering you with nail, is that one you need to love. You need to run away from it. But there are other things that you must endure because some of them, Money may solve their problem. Because unfaithfulness actually brings about difficulty in every relationship. They, you see, you can control your action, but you cannot control the consequences of your action. You cannot control the harvest of your action. You cannot control the... The, 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 the resultant effect of your action, which is now the consequence. You cannot control the reaction. You only have one control, which is your own action. But the, the consequence of your action, the reaction that will emanate from your action, you don't have control over it. It's unfortunate that most of us, we want to control both the action and the reaction. You can only choose or you can control only the action, but the reaction, you can't control. I shared with you last week, a man who, who has been married to a lady just for under eight years, all right, but had to kill the lady even when she was pregnant because, you see, during the course of the relationship, you know, he met another woman online and began to have an affair. This one was a crazy woman that loved him. And, he, and you know, I think one of the things that the woman was demanding was that he needs to actually come in full time with him, with her. And he wrote on his computer later on, which the, the police found out, that he read. So what do I stand to get in this new relationship? He said, more respect. 
more respect is there. He said, oh, then she will have more time for me in bed. Then, um, and um, I forgot it. Then he listed about three, he put the pros and cons. Then he said, what are the things I stand to lose? He said, of course, I will lose my money because they will, they will take my money from me. I will, I will lose the trust of my friends. My family will frown on it. Then he put it a big question mark. Is it worth it? Then he said, yes. So the, when he got back home, something happened. He actually stopped the gate. The, the lady was pregnant. The lady was with his, ba- with, with his baby. But do you realize that if, the, if there was faithfulness in that relationship, you see, he became a murderer because he took that first step outside of the confines of just being faithful to that marital covenant or that marital vow. So, but I don't think when he, the first time he had an affair with that lady, he had, a, he had ever planned that he was going to be a murderer in his life. You can't control the reaction of your action. You can't control the consequences. Amen, somebody. Now, there are factors that produces unfaithfulness. There are, if you want to ever be faithful, there are factors that produces unfaithfulness. All right? And um, Ezekiel 28 verse 15 uh, actually throw more light on this now let me show you isaiah okay let's start with isaiah 14 12 first it says how are thou fallen from heaven O lucifer now this is the devil isaiah 14 12 son of the morning how are that called down to the ground which this weakened the nation for thou hast said in thy heart referring to lucifer the devil i will ascend into heaven i will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell the sides of the pit. Now this is the devil talking. He has about five eyes here. He had, so as he was in that meeting in heaven, he began to have his own agenda. Can I have this microphone being changed? I think the technical people should be um, opening their ears enough to understand when things are going on. If we don't have such people that have good ears for sound, then I think, guys, they should be replaced. Because sound is about, sound teams should always have good ears for sound. Hallelujah. Now, he had about five eyes here. Yeah? Amen. He had about five eyes. And but you realize that each of these eyes, let's look at the five eyes from verse 13. For thou hast said in thy eye, in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. First eye. The second eye is I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now I want you to see this, the characteristics of these eyes. The third eye, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. In the sides of the north. The fourth one, I will ascend above the height of the cloud. And the fifth eye, I will be like the most high. You see, what you realize here is that he's just saying, I will do my thing the way I want. I'm not going, not the way God has chosen. Because everything he's saying is different from what God designed to be. In other words, even though I'm in heaven right now, I want to do my, I want to ascend to another heaven. I want to have another throne. I want to have this, another that. You see, one of the first things that produces unfaithfulness is independent spirit. 
Independent spirit. Independent spirit is that you no longer want to follow rules. The rules governing the organization, the rules governing the ministry, the rules and rules governing what it means to be married. So you see a married woman who, who says she's married, but she wants to still keep all her male friends. She still wants to keep all the contact. You know, somebody had, you had an affair before you married with this guy. You used to be in a relationship with this guy. But now you are a married woman. But you will still not block that guy's number. You still not buy his number on your phone. All right? You still want to be friends with someone that you had an affair with before you got married. All right? Automatically, it's a matter of time. You are going to find yourself in a murky water you never bargained for because you are breaking one rule. So, you see, what do the rule you are breaking says that, you know, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be cleaved. Now, that guy may not be your father or mother, but the rule here, the fundamental principle states the moment you are married, you have to be cleaving. You have to cleave to what? Your new spouse. It, it happens. But people take that simple rule for granted, the law of living and cleaving. So they want to keep all their old friends in this marriage relationship. And before you know it, one day the guy just said, oh, um, um, begins to chat, 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 chat. One chat leads to the other. And now when he's chatting with you, it's so happened that your husband is not in town. Your husband has gone for about one month, two months. Now this guy surfaces on your phone and is chatting with you. Before you know it, you take breakfast together. You, before you know it, you are in a bed together, which you never planned for. Just because you refuse to understand, understand the rule that governs marriage. And that is you know, one of the reasons why there are so many unfaithfulness in marriage, especially, is because even people marry without actually setting boundaries. Most people don't have boundaries they have set for themselves. They, they are living in a lawless relationship, right? You, you, you don't say, okay, in case we have quarrel, this is what is going to happen. It doesn't mean that you are, this is, whenever we have quarrel, we give ourselves two days. After two days, we not, we, when we are not able to solve this quarrel, we will report ourselves to this person. If this does not work, then we will report to this person. And if these people cannot solve it, maybe we then know what to do from our ends forth. But you see, people don't have such laws governing their relationship. Because how you will always expose independent spirit is to put orderliness in place. Because anywhere there is no order, independent spirit reigns. That is why any good organization always have what they call a resumption time and a closing time. And they have, you know, there are some organizations that say that no phone using of your phone during this hour. You see, because they know that once you don't put laws in place, where there is no law, there is no sin. Is somebody with me? And the moment there is law, one of the first reactions is that you begin to see this People with independence spirit fighting that law. Why are they saying that I cannot use my phone anymore? Why are they saying that I must dress like this? Why are they saying that if I'm late, they will send me back home? Why, 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 why? If I never be intimidated by such reaction, because you see, orderliness is the, is the key to going higher in life. Anything that has chaos, disorderliness does not make things to grow. Disorderliness does not make things to grow. Because you see, we are building right now, I was telling our engineer, I said, look at it now. You see, if we are to build, they are going to show you the picture of the building, the site, how it is right now, the work they have done in one way. So I was telling the man, I said, do you see what is happening right now? That the reason why we are having some of the challenges in this place is because we want to build a building that is so high. So that means that we have to keep excavating and excavating. But if we wanted to build a bungalow, we don't need more than even maybe one feet into the ground. 
and that one there will be peace. But because there is a law governing it, we have to dig. And if you check the site, we are in fact we have to now start looking for people to buy the sand and everything like that. Because you see, that challenge is because then we are following rules. So there needs to be a little bit of discomfort in that system right now. Anytime you put, even in your finances, watch it. When you put orderliness in your finances, that is where you know how reckless you have been financially. But your financial recklessness will never be exposed until you put orderliness in your finances. You will never know that you have habit of just buying gala anyhow. Or buying um, potato chips or just spending on things you don't need. Until you put orderliness in your finances. There are a lot of millionaires watching or listening to me this morning. But do you know why you are still complaining you don't have money? Because there is no rule governing your finances. So you just pick, when you collect your salary, you just spend any house, spend any house, spend any house, spend any house. So you, you don't know that. You, do, you will never know that you are financially regular. You, I'm telling you, put orderliness in your finances that you will see how uncomfortable you are. In fact, you yourself will be fighting yourself. Why can't I buy this? You will be angry with yourself. It's like, I, I, I'm, what is happening? You will say that you will be unhappy the day you begin to put budgets in place or financial discipline in your life. But you never know that things were like that in your life because see, there was no order. Praise God. The second thing that breeds unfaithfulness of, of, um, of in relationship is what I call familiarity. Familiarity. What is familiarity? Familiarity in this context means to know something or someone so well in such a way as to cause you to lose your admiration, respect, and sense of awe. I would define it again. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know why my slide is not showing, but whoever is handling that slide, if it's not showing, you are going to be in a very headlong issue with me. Because so I, don't, I don't like saying this over the air, but I do not understand why my slides are not showing. So familiarity means to know something or someone so well and in such a way as to cause you to lose your admiration, respect, and sense of awe for the thing or for the person. You see, what, what are we trying to say here? When most people first buy, uh, when they have a car, all right, when they have a car, you see them treating their car so well. But um, the moment, three months, two months down the line, you enter the same car, it doesn't look the same way anymore. Because, right, they are now so familiar with the car that it's nothing to them anymore. Do you know why there are so many quarrels in relationship? It's actually because of familiarity. Because when the man first met the lady, he said, oh boy, now woman being be this or angel. All right? Then he will go, start calling, start calling, start doing his eyes like this, start doing, uh, uh, we go and visit, we buy apple, we buy, uh, you see, somebody's laughing there because perhaps she remembers how the, you know, the husband used to do. But now, first child have come, second child has come. You know, now you have seen everything about her. So what happens now? Even when, even when she's dressed, it doesn't move now, move now, move now. That is familiarity. You see, you have lost your awe. You have lost your admiration. You have lost, uh, you know, the, 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 the word again. There are three uh, words there. Admiration, respect for the person. You know, there are times I call people. 
I said, hey, pastor. Oh, my pa-. One day I called someone and said, oh, pastor, you called me. And I said, this is why sometimes I don't like drawing people. Because now, maybe as the time, you see, when I call our pastors now, they don't say, oh, pastor, you called me. I've not seen any of our pastors say that. Pastor, you called me. But there was a time. I remember a pastor whose name begin with D. I'm not mentioning any nobody. There are plenty of D. It can be DG. It can be Dolakpo. Uh, it can be Doyin. It can be it can be Daniel. It can be this. But I, I'm not mentioning. But I remember going to this pastor's house. It was not a pastor. It was a new member then. I remember going to his house. He was so happy. You know, he was so happy that I, I, after I visited him, the next day, even, even some beverages came to my office. Beverages came. He bought beverages. He said, pastor, man of God, came to visit me. It's like Jesus came. Now, this pastor, whose name begins with D, sees me every day now. We talk regularly. We chat regularly. Do you know why? No more beverage now. I can't even remember the last, the last beverage I got. No, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, I started settling me every month since last month, but this month I've not seen my settlement. So, <laughs> alright. But you know, do you know why? Because now the closeness, alright, is you, a lot of people can't handle it. So when, meanwhile, the more you get closer, the more you should work on not losing sight of your admiration, not losing sight of your respect, not losing sight of honoring the person. But not most people can handle it. Some of the quarrels in marriages today that has making some men beat, shout. If it had happened before they got married, they would have said, "Now you feed Now you." They would not have gotten angry. But now both of you are in the same house, but you've lost that admiration and respect and honor and sense of awe. No, the thing is not like that anymore and the same thing with most of us even with God when we became born again the first time we were praying we were fasting we we will love God but right now one week is going by you don't pray anymore two weeks have gone back you don't study the Bible anymore because and some of us we are so familiar with God now that we can even swear by God on a lie oh yeah one of the shocking things that happened to me this past week, sorry to say, was that I had a dream and I called someone. And they said, you know, I have known you for over 10 years. Have I ever called you that I had a dream before? He said, no. And I had a dream and I saw it. But the good thing was I didn't tell the person the end of that dream. But I said, I had a dream that you have not been faithful to me. You are keeping something. You are not being upright. And the person said, you know, I take that dream as a warning from God that I'm doing the right thing. Right now, I'm very open. I'm very honest. I'm very transparent with you. But, uh, you know, but right now, I think that that dream is pointing to the fact that I must continue on my path. I must keep becoming transparent and everything. And you know, people don't fear God. But you see, that same week, whatever the person was covering, the Lord supernaturally opened it up. And I said, wow! And you know, do you know what it means for God to reveal something? Those of you who have been in church, I've never had a dream. But I don't, in fact, I am not Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe is a dreamer in this church. But I am not, all right? I am not. I am not a dreamer. I don't, I really have dream. I, I, I don't, so if Pastor Joe comes to you and says you have dream, better be afraid. That's why I'm always very careful around Pastor Joe. Because if I go and mess up, God will show it to Pastor Joe. He's the dreamer every time. He dreams about, in fact, he can dream about the food you had yesterday. You see, Pastor Joe is a very good, but some of us, when we 
eat the bed like this. We are like a log of wood that fell from the forest. God is always afraid to show us dream. Well, he knows God doesn't really. So, you know, when I had that dream, it's the first time in many years. But, you know, I, I said to myself, as I began to think about it, this person has become familiar with God. And not only, you see, when God could show a dream and you are not in awe, you are not in, you know, you are not, you are, you are not in, you don't have admiring respect for God. I have seen someone who is so afraid of human being, so much so that he, he had to swear to convince that human being, he swear in the name of God that what he was telling was the truth. And you said, you see, because now we don't see God. We don't see God anymore. So, we, our fear of God has disappeared. Familiarity. Familiarity. One time I had a pastor. I've been, I know, financially, spiritually, materially, I've been a blessing to him. Then December time came, and all the pastors were giving me gifts. I know what this person went to give me as a gift. It, it was coming from Ijebu or Abekuta. It brought to a place they sell that, you know, some of you have never seen such a sugarcane before. It's called Ijebu sugarcane. You know, it's different from the, the regular one from the Malams and the, the, the northern part of Nigeria. The one from the southwest is very there. And he bought the cut ones that they've tied with a rope and came to give it to me as a, I said, oh boy, now so I bad rich. That you cannot even give me anything. The only thing you can give me is not even malam sugarcane that has weight. The, the, even the sugarcane that is fasting like this. And a brother said, if I pray for you with this sugarcane, they will use sack to be pushing you with sugarcane. Every year you will start receiving. If I want you to sleep, they will come and give you a sack. You, I said, what? That you cannot even buy and buy Milo or whatever. In me, it's about sugarcane. But this, that's what happens when there is familiarity. Do you understand? There is familiarity. It kills things. It kills relationship. Most of you have forgotten now. The greatest gift in your life is not material gift. Should I tell you the greatest gift God can give to you? Oh, most of us don't know. The greatest gift God can send to you is another human being. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, he gave gifts unto men and some he gave apostles, uh, prophets, teachers. The greatest gift in your life right now are the people that God has sent to you. And anytime God wants to take you to the next level in your life, he sends you another gift of men. Because every blessing God has for you will always come through a man. So God knows that his, his blessings in your life are limited if some men are not present in your life. So the greatest gift you have are the presence of people. And let me now tell you, among the normal people, the greatest gift also among the gift of men you have are righteous men. The Lord told Abraham, you see, the presence of Abraham in the life of Lot was what delivered Lot from destruction. Because when the destruction was about to happen, God said, will I do anything without telling my friend Abraham? Not my friend Lot. Lot was not the friend of God, but Abraham was the friend of God. And the Lord went to go and announce, you know, we are, we are going here, we want to go and do something, but we know that because this person is a friend to you, we cannot but let you know about this. You see, and Abraham began to intercede. If, if you find 40 people, righteous people there, will you destroy the land? God said, I will not destroy it. If you find the presence of 20 
30 righteous people, will you destroy the land? God said, I will not destroy the land. If you find the presence of 10 righteous people there, will you destroy the land? God said, I will not. And God knew that this guy is going to one. So he walked away from him. But do you, do you know what that means? The presence of righteous people in your life will always save you from destruction. Because, they, you see, people say that with so many churches in the world, why is it that the world is like this? You don't know what you are saying. Because, you see, the reason why perhaps the judgment of God has not wiped away the world is because there are still righteous people there. God does not destroy the righteous with the unrighteous. That is what is happening. God does not, anywhere righteous people are, that place will be safe from destruction. But, you see, what happens is that most of us, we look down on the righteous gift God has sent to us. Some of you, you have some righteous people who call you every morning. Hey, why are you not on rise to glory? And you say, dun, 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 dun. you don't come again. You don't come again. You put it on silent. Then, you just switch off your phone. After seven, your phone automatically comes up again. The person calls you, why is, you see, and so I, I, I heard someone reported somebody to me in church. He reported one of our lay ministers to me in church. Do you know the offense? He said, Pastor! Pastor! One day, if they call me too much, wait him. If they call me too much, if they call me too much. And I said to the person, don't call him. One day we know your value. And within two months, the person was nowhere to be found again. I said, withdraw your voice from the person's life. Say, withdraw your voice. Withdraw your voice. So, because, you see, the voice of your righteous person in your life keeps your conscience alive. The voice of a righteous person in your life keeps your conscience alive. And when your conscience is dead, you have lost everything. And never be a friend to those who are fighting the voice of the righteous voice in your life. Those who want to isolate you, all right, from the presence of the godly people in your life or the righteous people in your life. Don't let him know this. Don't let them know. You see, you have actually seen a devil. Anybody that has a problem with the presence or with your openness or with your transparency or with your dealing with those who are righteous in your life, you have actually seen the representative or the cousin of Lucifer. Because a good person will celebrate you for having righteous people in your life. The righteous people that God has sent to me, the, uh, my spiritual father, um, 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 Apostle Udo, I've known him for over almost 20 years now. I, can't, I, I don't joke with the righteous person in my life. Yesterday was Bishop Dag's birthday. I've known Bishop Dag now for over 15 years. I can always, we see, when people are celebrating their birthday, those who don't celebrate the gift of God in their life, do you know how they send their text message? Oh, today is your special day, all right? I want to thank you for, I, I celebrate you, whatever, whatever, whatever. But those who value the presence of righteous people in their life, when they send message, they will always refer. You know, I remember the day you bought my first book for me. When I send, I re, when I send messages, that's one of the things I always try to do. I didn't do that yesterday. I just remembered, but you know, because I said that one in the I think I need to repent. Always mention. Because you see, when you celebrate people, when you are not familiar now, you need to remind yourself that this person was a contributor to where I am right now. Good people don't hide those who they benefited from. Anybody you see, one of the foolish statements anybody can make is to say, I'm a self-made woman. I'm a self-made man. There is no self-made. Because the Bible says that it is not good for a man to be alone. Somebody paid the price for you to get to where you are. It's either you know it or you, you refuse to acknowledge it or you don't recognize it at all. But there is nobody that is self-made. We are all connected to one another. Familiarity. Signs of familiarity, number one. High frequency of fault finding. Where, how do you know when you are becoming familiar? Number one, fault finding. 
John chapter 10, verse 17. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Now, what did he just say here that is bad? No, what did Jesus say here that is bad? He was telling them the truth that the reason why God loves me is because I lay down my life and I take it again. But do you know what they said? This is Jesus, who, the Son of God, the one who has never committed sin. Verse 20. And many of them said, he had a devil and he's mad. Why are you hearing him? Can you imagine they, they calling Jesus? Because he said the truth. They are angry. You see, that's what familiarity does. Familiarity makes you repulsive to the truth. The people that are telling you the truth will be the most unfriendly people you don't like in your life. Those who are lying to you, calling you, saying what you want to hear. May you never be surrounded with those who are always telling you what you want to hear. But I pray for you today that God will keep sending people who will tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear the truth. Those who will look at you eyeball to eyeball and say, oh boy, you were wrong here. You were right. You see, I would not have been here like the example I showed to you, that instant when that, that church sent me away from that camp for coming late to the camp, and I, I wanted to walk away from that relationship, but there was a righteous person God has positioned into my life who said, oh boy, every organization has a rule, and if you cannot be disciplined by that organization, then there is something wrong with you, because there must be discipline for things to work well. So go back and apologize. And even though that was when I realized that I was so full of myself, you will never know that you are full of yourself until you see how difficult it is for you to say you are sorry that word i am sorry those three words they are revelation of pride in our lives when you find it difficult to say i am sorry listen satan is your leader you are not being led by the spirit of god you are being led by the devil but i went back to say i am sorry and that preserved that relationship till today till today Till today, some, of, some people have walked away from the job of their destiny because they gave in to those moments of not just saying, I am sorry. You know, there are jobs and careers that have something to do with the will of God for your life. Most people don't know. Because God is concerned about how you make money. Before you leave any job or take up any job, make sure you pray. Don't follow money. I have, I have been a computer person now for almost 20 years. From the ages of when win, there was um, Windows 3.1 to Windows 95. That's when me, I knew about computer. Some of you don't even know about computer. You don't even know there was something called Windows 95. But do you know something? I had a relationship. The, best, you know, the first job, it was not paying me so well. It was underpaying, but I stayed there. Not knowing that what I was learning will still be the harvest of over 20 years. And do you know something? I still have that my first boss number till today. I still keep that relationship till today. After 18 years, I see some of you, you don't even have that number anymore. Because you see, all your relationship is all about what? Money. You see, there are some people, even if you are not working with them anymore, if you value them, their presence in your life will still save you in tomorrow. Most people think that career and job is all about money. It's, it's, it's about relationship that is bringing money into your life. Treasure those relationships. Treasure them. They, when, they were, when they were began to find fault in everything Jesus was saying, there was nothing he said that they ever celebrated anymore. In fact, they killed him for what he said. The son of God. Number two, which is the final one for this class, is lack of honor and respect. Lack of honor and respect. Lack of honor and respect. 
Jesus said, Mark chapter 6 verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. And among his own kin, and his own what? House. And he could there do no mighty work. Say that he laid his hands upon a few. All right. Laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Can you imagine the guy and the people that looked at Jesus eyeball to eyeball and said, the son of God was a devil? Can you look at the guy that looked at Jesus and said, you the grace, you the mad. That was the exact word they used for the son of God. They lost their honor and respect for him. Even at the point, Peter, because Peter has now entered into the inner circle. Because the Bible says that a prophet is without honor in his own house. So when somewhere becomes your own house, in other words, you are part of the people that go in and out of that place regularly. When you become a place become your own house, you are part of the team that spend regular because in our house we spend regular time there. That is when even a church can become your own house. When a church becomes your own house, you are part of the people that week in, week out, every day you are part. You see, from that moment, the man of God in that place, the, if you are not careful, it becomes nothing in your eyes. Moses, the, the Bible calls him the meekest of all men, sent for two men, and they said that we are not coming. Go and tell him we will not come. Moses, the one who God used, the Bible said that he was the one that bared them on his back like an eagle. All right. And yet these guys, because they are now part of the team of Moses, looked at him eyeball to eyeball and said, we will not come. The late Archbishop um, Idaosa, one of his associate pastors looked at him one day and said, Bishop, you deserve a slap. For, for this thing you have said, you deserve a slap. You deserve what? A slap. In marriage, when a woman loses respect and honor for the husband, check the way she serves the husband the food. No, go and watch how your father serves your mother or your mother serves your father and tell your, remind your mother that, that mommy, I don't think you respect daddy anymore. Because you see, they will leave the food on the table and walk away. The man comes and just open and eat. They will not be there when the man is eating. And when they finish eating sometime, he will be the one to come and pack the food back. Or someone, the daughter will come and pack the food back. In fact, some of them is their daughter that will begin, that will now become the new wife in the house that will be serving their daddy. Or their son will be the one preparing food. A woman that cannot spend time to prepare food for the husband, put the food on the table for the husband, make sure the husband eats, pack the food. You see, because there is a culture that makes you look as if you are a slave. To be a woman means to be submissive. To be a woman means to acknowledge, to continuously have respect for that man in your life. When you lose your respect and honor for that man, you are not worth calling a wife anymore. You are, you are, you are like an house girl because you see, a, a wife learns to always give respect, give honor, honor regardless of what is happening in that marriage it does not mean that he's the best man but you still choose to honor you still choose to respect him that is what it means to be a wife material but when you are not a wife material you react and you do things when you are happy when you are not you follow your feeling not the principle of the word of god so today we have women who don't even cook for their husband anymore we have women who don't even put that phone call through to say, what would you like to eat when you come back? You see, you treat the man like a piece of trash. You are coming to read Loma in your home. Your home will be very dirty. 
So don't be, don't be so surprised. You see, respect and honor us. You see, what the one thing you owe your husband is not sex. What thing you owe him is your respect and honor. Because men have ego. Men are born, they have ego. They are, you know, they like tigers, they like to create a presence. Like lion, they like to roar. I'm in charge here. And if you want to take, if, I, if you want your husband to empty his bank account, just massage his ego for him. Call him my lordship. What are you going to eat today? And use that your serenading voice, like, 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 oh, what is that? Like, like that, what, what was that they called? That this, that breast spread, that mayonnaise, your mayonnaise voice. I will master. Hello, how are you, my husband? I'm sure some of you, if you use that, will say, Who be this? Who be this? Mama Chooks, what's in the apple? You sure say everything there, okay? Hello, you, I'm sure the man will call police. Even if they don't kidnap my wife. Somebody don't steal that number. Because, you see, he's not used to have a such voice anymore. It's been, there is familiarity. You see, so, but you see, but do you know the people that speak like that? Those who are not married. I saw one unmarried lady one day. Man. If not, permit me. If not that I know that girl. I say, Jesus. Oh, more Lord, no, for me. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Then when they want to finish, he say, then the guy will ask, have you eaten today? No, I'm not eating hungry. I'm not hungry. And the guy too will think that he's one push. He say, go and eat. I don't know what I'm going to eat. Oh, no. Then the guy will be advising, you know, food advisor. Hey, and what do they sell in your hands? I don't even know, but you see that girl, when she armor three fufu like this, when she armor three fufu, even the way she rolls the fufu, you would think that she's making another fufu in the image and in the likeness of God. But see where he's talking. Hello. But let her marry finish. Let her marry finish. Hello. You don't drop money for food, though. You don't drop money for food. And I don't tell you that you make you will come meet me. For... Familiarity. There is nothing good that will ever come out of a relationship that is tainted with familiarity and especially when we don't respect one another anymore when we don't honor one another anymore when we don't treat another well anymore put your hands together for jesus stand to your feet with me this morning i'm going to continue is is a message you, you need not to miss i will continue in the second service the question i want to ask you as we want to pray is this how are you handling the gift of men that god has sent to your life how are you handling? You know, some of us now, when you were going to get that job, you went early for the interview. You dressed well. You sat before the panel. You make those covenants. But now, one year down the line, you are now part of the team that goes late to work. You are part of the team that puts in the wrong time. You are part of the team who, who, are now, who is now complaining about the boss. He doesn't pay us well. He's not a good man. But you've forgotten that there was a time this job was the answer to your prayer. There was a time you never had that job. But today, you have forgotten how that season of your unemployed life was. And you are now, you know, joining others to pull down that organization. Let me say this to you. Anyone that joins people to talk ill of their boss, to pull down with their mouth the organization they work for, 
the salary you earn can't do well for you. Why? It's not a curse. Because as long as you are pulling that place down and you are earning your source of income from there, you will only reap a very bad harvest. Never join any group of persons or one person or whoever to pull down the place that is, that is blessing you. Never. Never. If I am your pastor, for instance, as I spend week in, week out to pray for you, and you ever join any person or group of people to run me down, to speak evil of me, to say something about me, every prayer I pray for you, automatically as I'm praying for you, it turns to a curse. Because why? You are trying to attack me whilst I'm trying to bless you. That's why Jesus said, you eat coal of fire on your enemies by praying for them. Why? So even though what he's sending to you is blessing, in the realm of the spirit, it's turning to coal of fire because you are not celebrating that. That is what the devil wants for you. Before you go, I want to ask you, what is inside this bottle? Think about it. What can you see in this bottle? Sand? 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 Well, if you say sand, you have only spoken the fact, but not the truth. Think about it again. What is inside this bottle? It's more than a sand. What is inside this bottle? That's why I put the big question mark there. What is inside this bottle? Think about it. Should I tell you what is there? The best of us as human beings, this is what we end up as. The best of us in this room, this is our hand. We'll all turn to this one day. The best of us, this is where we are. So the next time you say, do you know who I am? You refuse to honor, you refuse to live a godly life. One day you know that when you, your time is up, this is our hand. So you see, every, there is no sand that is not full of its own issues. The best of us is not perfect. That is why. Because we know that we are human beings. When we relate with one another. Always remember that it's the sand. Sand is not perfect. We are all. Sand. When it comes down to it. So that is why. When we feel so pompous, it's just sand relating with sand. Before you come to this point, decide to live your life well. Before the day you enter like this, just make up your mind that before I go back to sand to show you how worthless we are as human beings, to show you how useless this flesh is, Decide to live your life the way God wants you to live it. Lift your voice and pray for yourself this morning. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Just lift your voice and pray for yourself. I want you to lift your voice and say, Lord, thank you for the relationships that you have sent to my life. Thank you for the relationships you have sent to my life. Lord, forgive me in every way I have not been faithful in the relationships that you have sent to my life 
forgive me for becoming familiar with the gift of men that you have sent to me or the things you are blessing me with forgive me for independent spirits I refuse to be another Lucifer in this world I want to pray for yourself if you find it difficult to follow rules to be obedient to follow order pray I refuse to be another Lucifer I refuse to be another Lucifer I humble myself I refuse to be another Lucifer I refuse to be another Lucifer pray for yourself I refuse to be another Lucifer I refuse to be another Lucifer I refuse to be familiar with the blessings of God with the gift of men I want to make up your mind I will treat the righteous people and the gift of that you have said to my life with honor with admiration with respect with a sense of awe I refuse to lose my sense of awe I refuse to lose my sense of awe yes pray for yourself this morning talk to God talk to God stop finding faults rise above every fault finding spirit pray for yourself in Jesus name you know when they were singing Hosanna, Hosanna And some people say, stop, stop, stop. Stop praising God. What did he say? He said, I will raise up what? Stones, dust, rocks. Because he was referring to the fact that it's a privilege that you are serving God. If you are here, you are not serving God. You feel maybe for whatever reason, it is time to start serving God. Because you see, the moment you are serving God, it's a privilege to serve God with your life. Because you are, we are dust. But he chose to still love us despite all our frailty. So I want to encourage you today. Choose to serve God. So I want to pray. Say, Lord, I refuse to be familiar with you, O oh God. I want to just pray concerning your relationship with God. You no longer pray. You no longer fast. You no longer study the word. You no longer value God. Just me, Lord, I will value you today. I refuse to be familiar with you. I will serve you with my life, with my heart, with my soul, with everything I have, Lord. I will serve you. I will honor you, Lord. Lord, take my life and use me for your glory. Lift your voice and pray for yourself. Lord, take my life. Use me for your glory. You are my God. You are my God. I will love you more. I will serve you more with everything I have. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give ourselves over to you this morning. To love you, Lord. To serve you, Lord. To love you, Lord. To serve you, Lord. Have your way as we love you the more. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I want to pray for you everywhere you are this morning. All less bad, all less low. Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you are, uh, you came on your own. You are join, joining this broadcast for the first time. Or you are an existing um, uh, uh, person that has been coming to church for some time. But you don't know Jesus. Or you perhaps knew Jesus, but you are not following Jesus. I want to pray for you today. I just want to spend time to pray for you. So if you are in that category, you can buy your heart with me as I spend the next few minutes praying for you so that you'll come to know Jesus. So you want to say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you are joining online, whatever you are. I want to pray for you right now because 
God wants to make something good out of your life. He wants to make something good out of your life. Can you bow your heart and place your hand on your chest if you would like to give your life to Jesus or surrender your life to Jesus? Or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus? Now say this words after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning just as I am. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe with all my heart that he died for my sins, that Jesus rose again. Today, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. Please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Now say with me, Lord Jesus, I rededicate my life to you. I refuse to be unfaithful. I refuse to be unfaithful. Take my life. Fill me and use me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for all those who have prayed this prayer from the depth of their heart. I pray for them that they will rise up to do great and mighty things for you. This new relationship will stand the test of time. I pray for you that you'll be nourished and you will grow up in this love. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout amen. Now I pray for everybody under the unction of my voice this morning. Father, help us to stay faithful in our relationship, in our service, in our commitment with one another and to your work. Help us to be faithful. Every relationship that is suffering from familiarity, lack of respect, lack of honor, Lord, we say today we rise above it in Jesus' name. We begin to celebrate the gift. We refuse to find fault with one another, to love one another. This is what we are committed to do. Help us to walk in this truth, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Shout a louder, amen. Can you please put your hands together for Jesus? Amen, somebody. Please be seated before we close this service. All right, I have the next few minutes to quickly do this right now. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Have you been blessed this morning? All right, things are getting better. Now, those of you who are joining us online for the very first time, they are going to be interacting with you. Our team are chatting you up right now. We want to hear from you. We love you. And we want you to to be part of this family. We want to welcome all those who are joining us for the very first time. All right. If today's your first Sunday, and I know that you, some of you are joining online, so just wave your hands to me if today's your first Sunday like that. All right. We welcome all those who are watching online for the very first time today. Can you please put your hand together for them? God bless you. And um, the online team are going to be engaging you with some of our service schedules and our announcement. Welcome to the royal family and we'd love to hear from you again, especially tomorrow by 6 a.m. when we'll be back online for what we call Rise to Glory. Because when you rise in glory, you cannot sleep in shame. Can we put our hands together for all these wonderful people? Amen. Now, before we close this service, um, we thank all of you who are giving to us the building project. I'm sure some of you want to see week one, how this work is going. Okay, so I ask our team to pull up the building project before we collect the offering, and so that you can see um, the kind of thing that your money is doing in the new church building that we are all building together for the Lord. You can see work is really going on there. All right. So we are doing a lot of excavating work there right now. You know, this is a six-month project. So now, because of the height we are going and the debt we want to achieve, you can see 
major diggings that are taking place major diggings are taking place right there and um, and so we thank all of you for your offerings thank you for your giving thank you for supporting all right oh i thought you are going to be happy that your money is going a long way to do great things for the lord amen hallelujah so it's, it's a lot of work that is going on there and somebody asked but well, why is it going that number one because of the height um, that we are getting number two because you see um, because also of the design that the down floor is going to be having um, because we told you there are some things we are we plan to install in the new church that we don't have here and uh, so we need a lot of headroom in the down ground floor there needs to be a lot of headroom so that those, some of those things we are going to be bringing can fit into the design so there's a special design we have so that's why we really need to go down a bit all right to show that we have so it's going to be a very, the ground floor is going to be very tall because of some of the things we want to install there it's going to be a very beautiful church you'll be glad uh that you are there amen amen so this morning as we want to close i would like to take first and foremost um our building offering now the building offering um the account is different so i want you to note it for those of you who are transferring and every week we'll be taking that building offering all right like i said that one of the things that makes building happen is that everybody know that every cobble counts every penny counts all right so if you are joining online you've seen this building project the account that they are showing right now is exclusively dedicated for that building project all right so make sure that your name is showing in that account in the building project account you can give and you can send it to someone of your friends you want to support if you want some of the pictures of the thing you want to send you can ask the media team can i get a picture of this you can send to somebody you love say hey i really want you to be part of the building project that is going on in our church it's good and you'll be glad i will if you want us to acknowledge them we will acknowledge them because but everyone that gives it to this building project in that account especially we have all the details that are of their names and the rest of the things already okay so now can we I, I, it is time this is not your offering this is not your tithe but today i just want to first and foremost take the building project offering building project offering we are taking first and foremost our building project offering our building project offering okay okay so can we do that right now Okay, so if you want to give any amount towards the building project, can we do that right now? So build up, bring us your building project offering. This is for the building project. All right. Uh, Milones, it's time to support the work of God. All right. So I'm going to pray for the building project right now. Father, we thank you as we give towards this building project. Again, we give our building project offering. Lord, everyone that is supporting this building project and their relations, whoever they are, Lord, as we give, Lord, remember our, as we build a house, a place of worship, as we build a place where people will gather, all right, to work, to worship you, to exalt your name. Remember all those who are given. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen them. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you give them a special testimony, even as they support this building project. May the Lord build a house for you. May you receive the gift of properties. May the Lord open new doors of property for you. In the name of Jesus, may your giving to this building project attract new level of favor and honor from God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, please, Tim, can you quickly take the building project offering? So we are giving the building project offering right now. Thereafter, we will then take our, our regular offering and uh, tithe. Then we will close this service. Glory be to God. Are you being blessed this morning? All right, let's take them very quickly. 
Let's take them very quickly. Building project offering. Let's take them very quickly. God bless you all as you support. God bless you all as you support. Now we are going to be taking uh, our tithes, our offerings. And we have, I want to let you make use of the offering envelopes that we have. Okay, let's make use of the offering envelopes we have. It's a beautiful design. And we want to especially thank Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Um, and no rule uh, for this wonderful offering design. Thank you for making it happen. You know, we celebrate you, man. The Lord will continue to bless you for this wonderful design that you have given to us free of charge. Free of charge. All right. That's our, she, she came up with this design and she did it. So those of you who need school bags, you need school bags, you need handbags, specially designed handbags for your wedding. For Please meet Mrs. Anoru. And media team, I would like you to also make sure maybe pull up a picture so that people can celebrate her because she's a wonderful daughter of God who is doing tremendous work with her gift. Hallelujah. All right, can we bring out our offerings, our tithes? Every one of us, let's bring out our offering, our tithes as we give right now. All right, these are offerings and tithes that we, we are going to be giving right now. So uh, let's give it. Father, thank you for every offering. Thank you for every tithe. Thank you, Lord, as we honor you with our tithe today. Lord, as many of us that are demonstrating faithfulness with our tithing, Lord, I thank you because your blessing is flowing afresh towards us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for every offering, our free will offering. Thank you for the cedar of Lebanon that we give. Thank you for the widow's might that we are giving. Thank you for everything you have blessed us with to give this morning. I pray that your people will know new level of prosperity and glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, increase your people, prosper them even as they give in Jesus' precious name, we are prayed. Shout a louder, amen. All right, can we go ahead and make those offerings right now? Let's go ahead and make those offerings.